0: Hairs on
1: my body started standing on end.
2: Silence. Nothing there.
0: I fought to get back into my body. You are going to be of vital importance of
1: helping us convince the masses. Type 471. Type 471. Bridge to the other world. Bridge to the other world.
0: Welcome to Type 471. I'm Sam Kitchen. Today, we're gonna talk again with Kip, from whom we heard in Summer of Squatch, Kip Part 1. Now, if you may recall, Kip is the guy who, during the pandemic, the height of the pandemic last summer, He took his RV up to a very remote spot in southern Oregon, and he had a lot of Sasquatch interaction at that spot, Uh, a lot of very interesting things. And so he took me up to that spot as well, and we stayed there for five days. Kip and I, and uh, another Sasquatch researcher named Kathy Blunt. So we had we we were there for five days, and we. Had some interesting experiences, and we found some stuff. And so today, Kip and I are going to talk about that. Kip, welcome back to Type Four Seven One. How you doing, man? Uh, good, Sam. Good. All right. So I'm going to start by, uh by kind of laying out the very first experience that Kathy and I had that you didn't have, but I just kind of want to lay it all out, kind of in a chronology. So, and then and right, then, right, and then after that. That Whoa. would be the first thing. Right, right. So, and then after that, we'll talk about uh, the rest of the experiences.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was not too long after after we got there. I I, I was still setting up camp. I don't, I don't know what you two were doing.
0: Yeah, well, the, at in the evening, the three of us uh, were sitting around listening to music and just relaxing. And then uh, there, there came a point when Kathy went to her tent and then... Or we, there was still music playing, and it was a song that I'm very familiar with. Uh, so at that point, I heard a female voice saying something, but I couldn't make out the words. So I said to you, Kip, I said, did Kathy say something? And you didn't know.
1: Yeah, I was I
0: was inside the tent. I remember that. Right, right. And uh, then the next morning, Kathy said that she had heard me. Uh, and no she had not said anything but she had also heard the female voice and uh, it had become from behind her tent which was uh, across the the fire road where we were camping from a ridge a very heavily wooded hillside that uh, ended at this ridge that came right up to the fire road and that's where this female voice had come from and i had also heard it coming from that direction so uh, and, and i've i've heard of that same report uh, before Actually, I've heard of reports of that uh, from right here in Siskiyou County, in my area, uh, where someone hears a voice, often a female voice, that sounds perfectly human, but they couldn't make out the words. And this is associated with Sasquatch encounters. And when, when I heard this, it sounded exactly like the way I imagined that kind of thing sounding when I had read these reports, so that was the first night that was the first experience that we had and then uh it continues from there so Kip, why don't you take it from there what uh what what comes next
1: you know something just occurred to me um you know you, you i'm sure you your your listeners have heard the sierra sounds they call they call it, they call it uh, samurai chatter right is the the type, the label they put on it uh did it, did a, did the female voice sound like samurai chatter to you? Or did it actually sound like a woman's voice?
0: It actually sounded like a woman's voice, but there are a lot of well, different types of of sounds that people hear associated with Sasquatch. It's not...
1: Where I was going with that was, and we're going to touch on this later, about infrasound and things that happened. Uh, I, I almost wonder... If, that like mine speaking that, that that sound is not an audible sound but something you hear in your head. Because I didn't hear it. You know, but, but you and Kathy did. You know, so I, I wonder you know.
0: Well anyway, that's I I feel sure that I heard it with my ears. Okay. Well I mean, how would you know? Because I've uh experienced both of those things where I receive uh, information just with my ears, as everybody does, and I've also received information internally through, through via non-physical means, and uh I know the difference. I mean, in in my own experience,
1: well, I, I mean, with the music playing and whatnot, you know. Anyway, mm-hmm. something to think
0: about. Sure, I, I think if I had heard it internally, I think I would have understood what was being said. But in this case, I couldn't make out the words, just like you know, you would hear somebody's voice with your ears and not be able to make out the words. Right. Right. So after that experience, what comes next? What's the very first thing, uh, that, that was a related type of experience for you during that trip?
1: Well, I think didn't, didn't you go down the road to relieve yourself? Uh, It's what I call, you know, where we were at, right? There's the easy, there's the easy road, which kind of is the road we came up to get there as far as the hike goes. Then there's the intermediate, which is the one that goes up to the left. And then the middle one, uh, it's pretty easy until it starts going downhill, you know, and you guys, I don't think you guys took that hike and it gets pretty hard. Right. But, uh, so the intermediate trail, we'll, we'll just call it that where you go, when you went to relieve yourself. I think you went down there first before we ever went for a hike, didn't Didn't you?
0: Yeah, I went down there looking for a toilet, looking for a place that I could use to to use as a toilet. And I found a uh, a downed tree that was uh, situated right above this very steep hillside. I'll just call it a cliff. And so I, fa- I thought that was the perfect place to go to the bathroom. So, you know, that's, that's what I used. And there were some very interesting things that happened in association with that. Um, and, and I'll get into that. Yeah. Something, something just occurred to me
1: just now, when you mentioned where that log was that you sat on, uh, going back to the first, uh, podcast, uh, when I had driven my, uh, RV up in there, I had driven down that road before it start the, the road start before you can't drive any farther. And that night it rained and it continued to rain for, I don't know, two, three, four days. And it wasn't level and I knew that wasn't going to work, but I had to wait for it to stop raining and dry out so I could get out of there. I almost got stuck getting out of there, you know, all those ruts. Right. But, uh. That next day, you know, I was walking around, and I heard a growl. Remember? Do you remember me asking you if bears growl? Yeah, I remember. Because <laughs> <laughs> I heard this growl. I looked down, and it was it because was, you told me, watch out, don't walk over there, because that's where my latrine is. And so there where that log is, right down below there, is where I heard the growl from. Mm. So that was just, you know, and other things were occurring to me.
0: That's interesting.
1: Didn't you? Didn't you? uh, Did you find or see something when you on your forays down that road?
0: Yeah, I'll I'll get into that now since we're talking about it. Uh, So, like I said, I had found this tree that that worked well as a uh, as a toilet that was situated just above a cliff, and so I went down there. And just to paint a mental image, we were camped at the convergence of three fire roads. It was kind of a Y formation and the intermediate middle one that Kip is referring to is the one in the middle, middle, and it kind of goes off in, in, you know, a different direction. So that's the one that I went down and was using this tree as a toilet. So after I did this, I, the next day I went back to that area because see, okay, there's also a spot across the fire road from that uh, downward sloping cliff that I had used as a toilet with the, the fallen tree. There's a there's a spot across from that, going upward, where uh, there it looked like there was. Oh, some... we did walk down there, didn't we? Yeah, we did, and uh, I... oh,
1: we're, we're starts getting
0: rougher. Okay. Right, and I climbed up that cliff looking uh, at some footprints because we found some put- footprints there, and so uh, the day after we did this, I went back down that road to use that tree again. And a stick had been placed at the edge of the fire road pointing to that fallen tree. And it it looked like it was pointing from the fallen tree that I was using as a toilet across the fire road to the place that I had climbed up the cliff looking at the footprints. So this, this stick had been placed there very deliberately. And I asked both you and Kathy if either of you had placed a stick there. And no, you had not. And uh, this was this was a deliberate... Uh, placement, and now you're saying that that's the same spot where you heard this growl the summer before. Oh wow! Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that didn't occur to me until just now.
0: Yeah. I I think that was. I think we're narrowing down on exactly where their territory was in that area, or at least a. I
1: think there, I think there's more than one.
0: I do too. Yeah.
1: Well, we found the spot where you could tell somebody had been sitting there hunting. There was a beer can, and you could see where they sat their feet and and sat down. Right. Well, down there where those trails and stuff are inside there, it looked habituated, you know, so I'm thinking that's why they cleared out of there, because we were going to leave some some gifts and stuff, Uh, but clearly they were cleared out of there, so I'm thinking maybe somebody chased them out because they were hunting there, and maybe they... Moved somewhere
0: else. I don't know. That was the impression I got as well. I don't know if they moved out of the area, but they abandoned whatever building project they had going on right at that spot because yeah, yeah. because you and I found some sign from hunters who had been there. We found a beer can and a place where some hunters had cleared out a comfortable little spot for them to sit. Uh, so yeah. and we found some shells as well. So yeah, uh, I think they cleared out. I think they abandoned the project right there but they were still in that area uh, and, and we clearly kind of had some communication. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're still around and we'll get into, I, I just want to try to keep this in a, uh, in, in chronological order. Exactly. So what, what, what according to your memory came next Kip?
1: I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I know. Uh,
0: I know. It's kind of hard to keep a, a, a timeline. Um,
1: the next day, after we got a night's sleep and had breakfast, uh, we went hiking. You know, we, we we covered so much ground that day. Yeah, um, that hours was, and hours.
0: That was so cool. I have to say, like that was a lot of fun stomping around through through the woods on that mountain. That was that was really cool.
1: Oh, I didn't, I didn't remember. I was trying to find that place where that teardrop black rock was. Right and uh in hindsight i remember where we should have gone it was kind of it's easy to get turned around in there mm-hmm. you know oh yeah uh but yeah i didn't even take you to the cool parts there're other trails that are down deep in there
0: yeah well we tried
1: but yeah with my neuropathy i just i went too hard on myself on that first day
0: right well, I mean, you know.
1: I love doing that stuff too.
0: Oh yeah, I know you do. The I think what what came next is wh- when we were uh when we went to that kind of a clearing area in in it was amongst the trees but it was a cleared out area. I think it was a very old overgrown logging road and uh th- it, there was grass growing there but there were no trees because it had been cleared out before that. And that's right. that's where we Oh, found- oh. That's where we found. Okay, that. Okay, that's
1: where we went down that road to see if the two liter bottle of Red Mountain Dew was still there that I left for him. No, and I'm talking about.
0: I'm talking about before that, a different area. Um, and uh, and that I'm talking about where we found that enormous bear turd. Remember that first time? Oh, we, okay. Right. Yeah
1: that was that was going right right into that place. Yeah, it was just off the fire road. Right. And we were going in to look for the two liter bottle. Yeah.
0: Right. It was heading into that spot. So we found that enormous bear turd, and what I noticed about that area was the acoustics of that area. For some reason, that area just carried sound, and it wasn't even because of this open area that had been cleared out. I mean, it was like that through the whole area. It was like that in the tree cover. Um, So for whatever reason, this area carried sound like beautifully. It was like walking into an amphitheater. And I'm. I feel that that may be a reason, another reason why they like that spot because of that natural yeah. formation that creates the the acoustic effect there.
1: And it, the that area down in there is is really dense, real mm. thick. You know, and I always I always felt their presence. Yeah, and uh, there were some things. Remember, remember I told you about the feathers on top of my footprints on the first podcast. Right. That was that road. You know, and I think something happened to you where uh, there was something leaning against a tree or something. When we walked down and when we came back, something was different that you noticed. A limb or something leaning against a tree that wasn't there before
0: or something. Refresh my memory. Yeah, that's, that's what I just did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, what was happening during um, that time?
1: We were just hiking back up the hill. Well, we were hiking back up the hill. Right. And you know we would have gone down to those clearings that you just referenced, and when we turned around and was heading back up, there was uh, I think I don't know it might have been a spruce or a Douglas I don't know what it was, but because we were looking at the limbs that had been broken, broken off possibly by them climbing, you remember that?
0: Yeah, I I was saw right that by
1: the road, and there was there was there was a a log or a limb mm-hmm. that had been placed. Against the tree, because you specifically noticed that tree going down, and when we came back up I, you had told me something that that you noticed that that wasn't there before, and I was just trying to touch on that
0: well the thing the the only other thing that was like that that in my memory was the x formation is that what you're talking about that could be was it leaning against a tree no, it wasn't uh, that is no, this, this is right beside the road okay. Yeah, this was that, well, okay, no, this, yeah, the the X formation was right beside the road. Um, And that is what you're talking about with the Mountain Dew bottle. Uh, That comes a little bit later. But I, if there was something else that happened, I don't recall. I don't believe there was. I don't, I don't recall seeing anything that was leaning against a tree that hadn't been there before. Um,
1: I specifically remember the tree. I could take you right to the spot. Because you pointed it out when we were walking back up,
0: I remember a tree that had. I was a st- just trying to help you to remember. Yeah, I remember a tree that had a, a strange mark on it uh, that w- that was oozing sap because a bunch of the bark had been taken away. Um, but I think that was all chainsaw work. The, the loggers who had gone through there had done something yeah. to these trees. Yeah,
1: probably to get heavy equipment through. Right. That's why we started looking inside the forest canopy for those telltale signs of limbs being broken off to climb up.
0: I saw that a little bit differently. I I, I didn't see that as the limbs being broken off by them climbing up. I, I saw those as being taken off by, uh, well, by, yeah, by the road. Yes. By, by the, the logging. road. Absolutely. I'm, I'm on board with you on that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking
1: about, I was also looking once we started going into the, under the canopy, you know, into the actual forest off the roads. That's when I was still looking for them, mm-hmm. you know, so you could rule out chainsaws and heavy equipment.
0: Right. I found that a little curious as well. Um, I, I'm still kind of thinking that it was related to the logging activity, but yeah. I, I, you know,
1: well, I, I found a few places when we went into the forest that, uh, weren't chainsaws, you know, cause you can clearly tell a break from a chainsaw.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And,
1: and 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 there was no way they would have had heavy equipment back in there. Right. Anyway, well, so going back to the X.
0: Well, the the X comes later, so I want to try to keep it okay. keep it in order to the to the best that All we right. can. But you did mention okay. uh having gotten stuck in the mud the year before uh down that one fire road and there there was something I wanted to say about that. I found some very small toe impressions in that in that mud we we saw that where where the we saw the, where the mud had dried where you had been skidding all over the place in your rv um in
1: yeah the- and that's where the bear prints had been yeah
0: yeah, there were there were definitely bear prints there as well, but I saw some very small human-like toe prints in there as well that were not bear prints, they weren't, you know, deer prints of course.
1: Oh, you're talking about the three-toed all the three-toed prints we kept finding.
0: Well, this is something else. I'm talking about oh, you know, like okay. like like a little kids toe prints in in there almost, but it was Yeah. you know, I mean, this was way out in the middle of nowhere in the wilderness. Um so I found that in there, but but yeah, you mentioned the, the three toad prints that we kept finding. Uh, let's let's hear you talk about that.
1: Uh, oh, uh, well, we um, were telling you on the first when I lived up there. In the first the first day I went up there, and hot rod my my hiking kitty was with me, and and it had rained. It had been raining, and I found a, a partial of a child's print from the arch back to the heel in, you know, when you went up the, the heart, the hard one uphill to that big clearing up there, yeah, it wasn't too far away from the spot we're talking about now. And, but then hot rod decided he wanted to go back. And so I had to leave the spot and then it rained real hard and it got washed out.
2: Oh, okay. Huh.
1: But, uh, but yeah, I did, I did find a partial child, a child's footprint, but it wasn't toes. It was, uh, arch to heel. Mm -hmm. And when I went back to go look at it, it was gone.
0: Do you think this was a juvenile? uh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. It wouldn't have been, I mean, nobody goes up there in five and a half months. And I was up there, I saw four vehicles drive through and they, it was guys going up there to shoot guns, you know? And and that was it. I mean, most of the time I didn't even wear clothes. (laughs) Yeah. And so there was, there was nobody up there camp. And when you, when we heard the female voice, there was, there was nobody around that we could have heard. I mean, right. You know, there was nobody else on that mountain.
0: Thanks for pointing that out. Uh, there was absolutely nobody up there and, and we need to stress that because, uh, some things happened up there, you know, and, and it did not involve other humans, other humans like us, Right. that, that, right. Much, that much we can say for sure.
1: Do you remember? Do you remember? I noticed that the crows right away on our first hike. The uh, the crows are I, I think they're tattletales. They they probably have a symbiotic relation. This is just my own theory that they have a symbiotic relationship with the crows. So the crows alert them when you're coming. You know they they when when the hairy people leave their have a kill they probably share with the crows. You know creating a symbiotic relationship. But if you remember our first hike, right away I noticed that the crows weren't—I call them tattletails they weren't—they weren't tattling on us the whole time we were up there. Right. They weren't there. And before, when I when I lived up there, uh, you couldn't walk anywhere without them tattling on you and and staying with you and watching you, you know. And so I I kind of always felt like that was their lookout. There was another bird, another species of bird that did that, but I don't know what it was.
0: There was an interesting lack of wildlife for much of the time that we were there, but it's strange, like kind of toward the end of the trip, some wildlife actually began to show up all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, before when I, when I stayed there, um, you would hear birds, you know, there were, there were the actually real birds and then. Of course, it was the bird call that was mimicked, you know, we, and we talked about all that before. Right. Uh, the whole time I was there, I saw three deer that uh, came up off that that canyon, you know, where I showed you where I, I heard them all walking up in a group, and then the stomping behind me happened. They had come up out of that canyon, and they were on the fire road. They saw me and the cat and called ass. And that's the only wildlife I saw there in five and a half months. You know, so the fact that we heard burr, I mean, uh, what did we saw? We saw a squirrel. Was that what it was?
0: Yeah, we did. We saw a squirrel. And then also a very young buck also came into camp one day.
1: Yeah. So, you know, and I was really surprised that that even happened. Because generally when when they're around, in my experience, when they're around, uh, it goes dead quiet. I mean, there's not even bugs. And that was another thing I noticed. And I made mention of it. When I was there before, once the sun came out in the shade, there was no flies, horse flies, anything that flying around. But once the sun came out, out came all the flying bugs. This time, we didn't have a problem with biting flies, horse flies. There was That was not an issue at all. So that's another something different about the second visit.
0: Yeah, there were a lot of little subtleties, a lot of little things that kind of added up. Like taken on their own, one might think nothing of it, but there were a bunch of little subtleties that that yeah. kind of stood out and kind of added up to something. Speaking of which, uh, you mentioned the three toad prints that we kept finding. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, I I saw a few of them. Like I kept seeing them, and kind of. Like I would make a note of it in the back of my mind, but I didn't take pictures. But I, because I, I didn't think it was anything. And then finally, I saw. You know, I, I kept seeing them, and I saw another one, and I took a picture of it. So I have one picture of one of these three-toed prints that we that we kept finding. I
1: was never sure that it wasn't it wasn't uh, a web a webbed foot of a bird, you know. Um, and then it got to where it looked more like a footprint only three toes coincidentally you're talking about revelations uh i think i sent you a text message or maybe uh a link to a video that specifically mentioned uh some sasquatch videos watch on youtube that specifically mentioned three toes but i uh, do you remember that um maybe I, I, I just i just remember coming across something that mentioned the three toes because I was never too sure about that, what we were looking at. As I, as I freely admitted before, I'm not very good at spotting print. Right. You know? So I was never, I was never convinced of that until I saw it referenced elsewhere.
0: Yeah. The three toed thing. Well, let me, let me try to make a distinction here. Um, There have been reports of three toed Sasquatches for sure. But what what I saw, just speaking for myself, was completely different. Like not at all uh, related to a Sasquatch. It was much smaller, completely the little people. It, it it might be. I mean, it's it's connected to. I I have seen prints like this in association with uh, what you what you called the the little people or whatever they are. These small beings that that live in the woods or that you know dwell near caves in caves. Uh, people have encountered yeah. them let's call them elves you, um something you remember, like that
1: uh, what i told you about you know the people who own the property where i was living they own a logging company and their and their son had seen little people but i couldn't get him nailed down to do an interview do you remember me talking to you about that
0: yes i very much so, do you I, know
1: i i've i've met other people that swear they've seen them too so and i'm I don't know that I'm convinced about all that. What were, what what people are, are seeing, you know, who knows how young uh, a baby Sasquatch becomes mobile and able to, you know, I'm suspecting probably pretty early.
0: Oh yeah. They can you walk, know. you know, pretty early. And but who knows
1: how much hair they have on them that young.
0: Sure. But I'm trying to talk about a print that I saw that was very yeah. different than it, it was something that could not have been made by a Sasquatch of any age, uh, because it looked right. it looked much more like like you had mentioned, like a bird or a reptile. Um, now this was a deep print. It it was not something that would have been. It looked like the shape of a bird's it's foot, a weight to it. But yeah, exactly. It was much deeper than
1: I never even I never even considered reptilian. Interesting.
0: Yeah, there's so much stuff is just kind of revealing itself, you know, like I personally am hearing about reptilian reports, elf reports, dogman reports. I've recently learned about a multiple witness dogman encounter. Uh, I have not yet spoken to the witness, but, you know, it's something that I heard about recently and it's a very credible person, very credible people who had this encounter. Uh, And I'm really hoping to be able to hear about that soon. But, you know, suffice it to say, people are experiencing these things, credible people. And, you know, it's like more and more is being revealed to us all of a sudden. Not just Sasquatch, but then there are these little elf-type beings, and then there are dogmen and reptilians. Something's going on. People are seeing something.
1: You know, uh, the revolution thing... Remember in the first podcast, I don't know if we talked about it or not, how, how one day, I mean, cause you can steal their presence. Uh, you know, my cat would, every morning I would greet them by a list of different uh, Native American names for Sasquatch. And I would thank them for welcoming me into their home and, and thank them for Hot Rod. And Hot Rod would go out in the forest and he'd stay gone all day. He'd be doing whatever he did, but one day he came running out of them woods behind where those trails were that area right back there, you know, would have been to our back where, where our camp area was one day, he come running out of there, like his tail was on fire. And, uh, from then on, uh, it, it had a different feeling, like, like, uh, the forest people were gone, you know, and, and that lake is 10 miles away. Maybe. I don't know how many miles, eight miles away. Uh, and we don't know what other water sources that you know we tried to find some and locate some so i didn't i didn't know if maybe they left for water and then something had occurred to me just not too long i think we might have talked about it i've been reading a lot about dog, man and werewolves from quite credible credible government people but anyway uh you know i always assumed because there had been fires to the west and i didn't mm-hmm. know and it, it it felt like there was a malevolent. It, I didn't feel safe during that time. It felt like the forest people who lived there at the time, you know, were gone, and it's something or somebody else was there. And I thought, I thought maybe another group or clan, or maybe a rogue one, I don't know, uh, was coming through, being pushed because of the fires, you know, and. You know, I, I, now I wonder if maybe it wasn't uh, Dogman or Werewolf or, or what it was. Reptilian, who knows? But anyway, so you asked about Revelation, so I've got to, to bring it up
0: before I forget. I, I, yeah, you mentioned that before, and I'm on board with that way of thinking. I mean, neither of us can say exactly what that was or what's going on, but, I mean, I acknowledge that you felt a change in the energy there, and... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it means something. And I and I
1: I I remember vividly when they came back, when it changed. You know, anything with a anything with a heartbeat and a breeze has to have water, as far as I know, or, or can concede. Sure. But anyway,
0: uh, I I don't think that lake is quite that far away. I think it's maybe like four or five miles away. I want to say. Okay, okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's reasonable too when it's when it's hot summer and you're driving <laughs> cuz we we had pretty seasonable weather while we were up there but when i was living up there i mean we're talking 100 degrees for i think got up to 100 before my before my uh thermos my therm, thermometer thing it would stop it would stop working at 110 and i know it was a lot hotter than that after it stopped working so you know when <laughs> it seems like a lot farther when you're sweating your nuts off trying to go get cooled off, but yeah that's probably right not five miles
0: okay you you had mentioned uh the uh the, the other logging road so we might as well get into that um you know what though actually l- let me back up a second
1: you mean where the two where the two liter bottle was left and
0: right was gone right yeah. um let me let me back up a second though because this happened first. Uh, down that same fire road where I had gone to use the, the tree as a toilet, I you, you mentioned seasonal weather, so uh, I wanted to bring it up right now. Uh, it, it had rained, like it would be hot and then it would be overcast and then hot again. So one night it rained and it was a pretty decent rain. It wasn't the kind of rain that would have you know made mud or anything like that. This was hard clay uh, on the ground on these fire roads. Um so it it rained yeah. it rained a, a bit. Caliche. Yeah. It it rained just enough to kind of soften, you know, the the vegetation up a little bit, but not not to soften the the clay on the fire road. So I went down there after the rain, the morning after the rain, and I was looking around and I found what looked to be the perfect negative impression of a Sasquatch left footprint in the duff material that was on that fire road. So this is what would have happened. An individual Sasquatch would have put their wet foot onto the wet decomposing pine needles on the fire road, and of course the pine needles would have stuck to the Sasquatch's foot, and then as the Sasquatch steps away it leaves a negative impression of the foot in the duff material on the fire road. And as this happened, it also so happened that there was a, a wet leaf where the heel made contact. So not only was there per- this perfect negative impression of a Sasquatch foot on this fire road, but there was yeah, also there was pushed under the heel. There was also the the imp- the indentation of the heel on this leaf. It, it it was smashed down where the heel had landed. So this was a a, a perfect Sasquatch footprint. And I feel like it was done on purpose. And and there, there's something about it that I haven't yet conveyed to you. Um, I have heard reports that the pinky toe of a sasquatch doesn't make as much contact with the ground, and that it sometimes actually overlaps the second to last toe on a sasquatch. And so that uh, is a reason why sometimes the the pinky toe is less distinct in sasquatch footprints. And in that area, there was more duff material there were more pine needles that uh had not been carried away right in that area and it created kind of this little swirl right there like if if the pinky toe had not made contact with the ground uh then it left kind of this swirl of uh uh pine needles right there in that in that same spot where it would not have made contact with the ground and then uh on the other on the side of the mountain where you and i were exploring and we found a bunch of interesting impressions that were not distinct in the the soil over there, I found the same type of swirl pattern where the pinky toe would be, where the pinky toe would make less contact with the ground, but it would leave kind of this swirl uh, type formation right there. I found that same design in uh, both on the fire road, in that very clear print on the fire road, and in these less clear prints in the soil uh, on the side of the mountain, I found that same pattern.
1: There were, there were places, I don't know if we had, you know, down that same road. Uh, in the general area where you found that print, uh, there's trails that go down into that canyon. But if you, if you turn around, if you go down those trails 10, 20, 30 feet, when you turn back around, those trails come back up. You can see where there's handholds. Have been worn away on those on those stumps
2: mm-hmm.
1: along that area too, you know. And there wouldn't if there wouldn't be. There's nothing with hands out there with bears. There would be claw prints if it was a bear. But there's a lot of places where there's handholds, you know, because we. I can spot trails really well, as you know, and so I noticed handholds and stuff.
0: What did uh, these in that area? There was a lot, of, a lot of uh, Huh? What did these handholds look like to you?
1: Where, where you could tell that something had grasped a hold of it because it was worn smooth. Oh, okay. In those places,
0: there were some weird things that happened, and then
1: a lot of subtle stuff.
0: Yeah, a lot of subtle stuff. Much of the time, it felt like there was nobody home. Yeah, like. I kept saying that a lot. There's nobody home. But then sometimes we would feel something that, that suggested their presence. And, and when it felt like there was nobody home to me, it felt like it felt too much like there was nobody home.
1: Oh, see, I, I and that was something I kept saying. You, you, you had a different scene
0: to me that you had a different feeling that they were there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you were noticing, like I said, I, I, I suck at trying to find track or prints and stuff like that. unless it's like, glaringly obvious that's what went to that's why i went to the whole handhold thing but it had a different feeling than when i was there before like i said you could feel you could feel their presence but i didn't i didn't feel that this time right there are a couple spots but we didn't uh go into it too much you know where we found where we got all those pictures of those weird like i call it a cathedral kind of where all those trees are branches were upright and bent you know what i'm talking about those pictures right took pictures yeah but it looked like it was some kind of a special area i don't know what but there was no other place in that forest that looked like that
0: and that's interesting that you mention uh like kind of a the, you, you call it a cathedral in association with bent branches that aren't snapped. I have heard other people say that bent trees that are not snapped but are just bent over—that that's somehow sacred to them.
1: Well, you know, it—it it, it looked like almost like a, a really strong hurricane force wind had blown them all in, a, in the same direction together. But that wasn't the case because everything would have been blown over. It wouldn't have been in a 10 by 15 spot or a, a 15 by 15 spot, however big that, that little spot was. There would have been more evidence of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it just seemed like that was, that was kind of a special area. It felt like it. Yeah. And that's another hindsight thing.
0: Right. Uh, so I want to mention that uh, logging road with the Mountain Dew bottle. Um, so you and I went down this old overgrown logging road where there was grass growing up in the middle of this logging road. Um, and we just were down there 15 to 20 minutes looking at it, just, just looking at what we could see, you know, just trying to see what was going on down yeah. there, just checking the place out.
1: I had, I had gone down there cause I was thinking about during the whole pandemic, I was thinking about buying a wall tent. And I was I was scouting places that I could drive. I, I would have to dig and do some cutting and stuff to get my RV in there, and where I could places that I could pull it in at, and I could cover it with a camouflaged tarp and and put a wall tent in there without being visible from the air, you know. Um, and so that's why I was down in there so extensively, was looking scouting out places where I could possibly live there full time, but. Yeah, that was a pipe dream because of all the fires, and you never know.
0: Sure. Uh, and you had left a Mountain Dew bottle down there the summer before, or right. la- last summer.
1: It was about half quarter quarter to a half full, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I, I sat it there in the track on that road uh, just to see if it would still be there when I came back the next time, which... You know, it was about a a year passed from the first time I was there to the second time I went.
0: And it was gone. It was gone. There was no sign of it. But we went down there looking for this Mountain Dew bottle and whatever else we could find. And then 15 to 20 minutes later, we came back up the road. And a large, perfect X formation had been placed in the road, or in the logging road, rather right right on the logging road with large Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember now.
0: with large branches that was clearly placed there for us to see. And uh we we have pictures of all this stuff, most of it anyway. And I'll just take that a moment. Was, that was where I found that orange feather, too. That was the same spot? Pretty close. Hmm. Interesting.
1: Cuz I was I was angry. I I I thought they had taken my cat. And I was angry. I had I had that one sheath that had the three the three Smith and Wesson knives and the cleaver and everything was razor sharp and then I had another knife on the other side. I didn't have a firearm, but you know, I was angry. I said, Whoever whoever took my cat, send him out. <laughs> I was mad. I said, I know I know I'm gonna I'm gonna die, but he's gonna know who he's, who, who I am. I said, and then I felt bad and I said, Well if it wasn't you, if it wasn't any of your people, leave me a, leave me a a feather up on the road because they had left other feathers up on the other fire road, the main one. And uh, and I was referring to the the fire road up there, but I had turned around and within 30 feet, there was that feather laying right on top of my footprint, my shoe print. And that was pretty, pretty close to the same area where your ex was.
0: Wow, I didn't realize that before. Now, yeah,
1: well, I had forgotten about the X in the road. I I didn't remember what you were talking about when you referred to it, but the second you said it was in the road, then I remembered. And yeah, it was pretty close to the same spot that I that I found. And the, and the orange feather. I mean, have you ever found an orange feather? I don't even know what birds are orange, but uh, that 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 feather was almost a fluorescent orange. It was, my dad has it.
0: Was it the feather itself or the quill of the feather that was orange?
1: The feather, well, no, the quill was white. The feather itself was orange.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, that's a rare bird. Right, <laughs> orange. I don't know what that would have come from. Maybe a robin, but, I mean, you know, it's not the kind of feather you see every day.
1: I got to go down there. My dad's got some seeds for me. I got to go down there and visit my sister probably around the 1st. So, when I go see my dad, I'll take a picture of that orange feather for you and send it to you.
0: Good. Yeah. I'd love to see that. And I'll
1: send a picture of the, of the red rock, uh, that was chipped away in the, in the other video. But I'll take some pictures of it and send you. All
0: right, cool. So l- just, just to clarify last summer, you, you had a communication involving a feather in that same spot. And then, uh, this summer we had that, a uh, large, perfect X formation laid out with branches in that same spot,
1: and that, and, and with that same area, just like the feather, it was just a short time that I had crossed. I I had come down that area. It was only a short time that I had come back up. So, in that short amount of time, they had gone and and left the feather, and the second visit had gone and left the, the X mark. Right. So, I mean, the same the same type of occurrence happened twice, same area.
0: Yeah, and you make a good point. Both of those things happen in a very brief window of time. Like I, like we had only this summer, we had only been down that road for like fifteen to twenty minutes, and then we came back up, and the, the X formation yeah. had been laid out. So who? So this individual Sasquatch had done this in a, in just a matter of a few minutes. They came out. Yeah, look,
1: I, I think I think it was I think it was more like a ha-
0: half an hour, but you know that we were throughout. down there.
1: Yeah, I, I've got a pretty good sense of time as far as time goes, you know, but other than when that thing happened, which we'll go into, but uh, yeah, I've got to, it because we, we went down far enough to where you look back up the road and you couldn't see where we came in. Yeah. So I know we had gone down far enough. All right. So generally, you can look at, look back up that road and see all the way to the top. So we went far enough to where you couldn't see.
0: Okay, yeah, so we were down there somewhere between 15 and 30 minutes, 20. roughly.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd say 20 to 30. Right. Give or take. Okay,
0: sure. So, one way or the other, this was done in a pretty short, short amount of time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. While we were stomping around on that hillside on another day, it was in the same general area, but it was a different day. We went to the Right, this, right, I remember. To the side of the mountain where the vegetation was a little bit different. It was a little greener on this side of the mountain, and the soil was yeah, was yeah. softer. And uh, we found a lot of really large uh, but indistinct prints in this soft soil. Um, and you were taking some pictures, and I want to get into one of these pictures. We were both taking pictures, but you took one that was... Oh,
1: great. oh, the amalgamation or whatever.
0: Yeah. There was this weird kind of distortion right in the middle of the picture that you were taking. There was nothing actually there except vegetation. I mean in, you know, in, I, I don't, in the actual I don't image think itself. That was
1: actually, I don't think I actually was meaning to take a picture. I think I must have I might have hit the button.
0: Because,
1: hmm. you know, I've I after you noticed that I've studied that picture and all all it really isn't is some grass in your feet. Right. And i I think I might have just accidentally hit the button and it took a picture,
0: yeah, anyway,
1: go ahead about that
0: uh the aspect ratio of that image is different than the other images. It is about twice as wide as the other images uh so I'm wondering do you are you sure that you weren't in panorama mode accidentally or doing absolutely a f- positive if in panorama
1: mode there would have been uh sequences to the pictures that, that you put together number one number two we were that was that was our i think our first day of hiking or one it yeah
0: that was one of the uh, last days actually
1: oh was it was it oh after i'd had some time to heal up right okay we were pretty pretty heavy into the hike i i wouldn't have had time to stop and and change all that crap with me i don't i don't even mess with that stuff on my phone with those features from the camping area, one time I tried to do a panorama when the smoke was rolling in, but uh, I think I wound up deleting it or something. So yeah, I mean I don't even really have any any to speak of experience even using those features. So I'm I'm without a shadow of a doubt positive that's not something that I did.
0: Okay, so it's not something you could have done by accident.
1: Well, I, I guess so. If if I could have accidentally pushed the the shutter button, I guess I I could have done that too. I mean, right. it's not something that I, I, uh, intentionally did. Let's clarify that. It's not yeah. something I intentionally did.
0: Right. Well, right in the middle of this picture, whatever happened right in the middle is this over the vegetation that you see in the image. There is this distortion, like pretty close yeah, to the like center. The, like a
1: blur, but
0: yeah, like a smear.
1: A uh, pixelated blur.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and it you know it made me think of the the predator shimmer that you've mentioned and the cloaking and, that, that that people have mentioned yeah yeah
2: and That's exactly
0: what it looked like right and i like i i kind of connect this to our our sense of there being nobody home at times like i've had some thoughts about this when it feels like there's nobody home People also report Sasquatch's cloaking, so I just wonder if these two things are related. So if if they can cloak themselves visually, maybe they can also mask their energy so yeah. that people can't detect them. And and I want to point out that there is precedent for this in human history. The ninja warriors of feudal Japan would become as stone, meaning they would harmonize their energies with the stone, with the inanimate objects in their environment, so that their approaching enemies could not sense their energy. I mean, since people report Sasquatches cloaking themselves, I wonder if they're also doing this. Like, if the sense of them not being home, that that feeling of just nobody being there, and the cloaking, I I wonder if if that and the cloaking are two sides of the same phenomenon.
1: Yeah, that's just kind of what I was referring to about when you guys heard the the female voice, so it wasn't necessarily an, uh, an auditory thing. It's put there, I guess I should say.
0: Well, I I don't see how I I see that as being kind of a. I mean, I can see how you could think that they might be connected, but
1: I... well, controlling controlling our perception.
0: Hmm. Sure. Uh, speaking of perception, you had a very profound experience when we were going down. Or, or actually hiking back up the mountain one day. Uh, why don't you tell us what happened then?
1: Well, there was that, that fella, I won't say his name, uh, that I had, they had, uh, emailed, uh, Steve Isdall on how to hunt. And, uh, he has habituated them with himself according to his letter. And you've had contact with him. Um, and he mentioned, uh, that they have the ability to see through other animals' eyes, through other people's eyes, and can impart visions, I guess, for, for lack of a better description. Uh, yeah, so we had, we had been talking about that, you know, and discussing it. And that's where we came into that clearing off that fire road. I was I was trying to find that pod that tear shaped pod, the black, really weird black pod that's there. We were talking about it at the clearing and then when we started going up the incline, you know, where they had where there was a lot of deadfall or, or not deadfall, but stuff that had been cut down by a logging crew and so we had to follow a trail from then on. And I, I, I think it was a game trail. It wasn't really wide enough to be a footpath. But uh, I started feeling like I had, was having, cause I'm diabetic, I was having low blood sugar, which shouldn't have happened. My blood sugar shouldn't have been low. I should have been high, if anything. It started feeling like I was like I was having uh, low blood sugar. And generally when that happens, uh, it's like the lights are flashing on and off. You feel like you're going to fall out. For the rest of the day, you're just shot out like a, a wrung out rag. Standing and sitting is even hard to do. I mean, you would generally just sleep the rest of the day into the next day. So then I went back after in hindsight, in the first podcast where I talk about the group coming up the canyon and I came around to look down to see him coming, and there was all the stomping right behind me on the heavy branches. Uh at that time it felt like um uh low blood sugar, you know, you're shaking you start shaking really bad and it's just a, a very, a very uh, intense feeling. So anyway, both times that that happened, uh, afterwards, there wasn't that worn out, wrung out feeling. I think mean, you and I had beers after we got back up to the camp and later on. But that's just something that was different about that. But what happened, and I needed some time to, to get this all sorted out in my head because it was a pretty profound experience. And in some ways it felt personal. I don't know what was personal about it, but it had the feeling that it was personal. But, uh, I I started falling down, you know, and, uh, I don't know how many times I fell down. And you, you know, you'd stop and wait for me to get back up and I'd start walking a little farther and I'd fall down again. But I was having these, these, for lack of a better description, visions. And the first thing was like looking down a hallway at a wall. The wall was painted red. It was like black around the edges. And, and it's, just think, think if you're looking at a at a, a TV screen, it's black and hazy around the edges. And I'm looking at a wall, and there are is a family portrait, but you couldn't make out what the portrait was. Just that it was a a family portrait and then the next then the next thing I see is a picture of a um, like a eight by ten frame picture of a man and a woman i uh, I lived in Mexico in the eighties when I was younger uh my stepdad's mexican american I have mexican american family, so I could tell that these people in these pictures were Mexican nationals so then after the picture of the man and the woman then there's probably pictures of probably 6 to 8 pictures individual pictures of like the family members that are in the portrait and these these are these are all people I've never seen before in my life you know sometimes i have dreams with people i've never seen before but you know this wasn't this wasn't a dream this is something completely different so then after the 6 to 8 individual portraits uh, or, uh, individual pictures of individual people, uh, there was the picture of the man and the woman again, not a picture. This was them actually standing there and they were, you could tell they were in a kitchen looking through a a square in the wall that had been cut out. You know, it was, was, they could pass food through or whatever. And, And then it was the man and the woman standing there looking at me. And that's when the vision stopped. I don't know what it means, who they were, what any of that was about. You know, I've told you many times I don't I don't believe in coincidence. You know, we had just been talking about that very thing about you being made to see what they want you to see, or I don't I don't know. I I still haven't worked it out in my mind. I don't know what it was about, what meaning it's supposed to have, what it has to do with my third eye. I don't know, but it was pretty profound and personal. That's why I didn't want to talk about it. That's why I needed time to work it out in my mind.
0: Absolutely.
1: But I have no more of an answer now than I did the day it happened.
0: Well, I'm glad you chose to share it. It's a it's an important piece of the puzzle. Um, we don't have to really know what it means right now for us to put it in in its proper place but I appreciate that you did that um to speak from my own perspective as this was happening to you like like you mentioned you would fall down and I I helped you up a few times a few times you said you know you'd get up on your own um and and you would stand up and you you would keep walking and then your your vision would you, you would have a break in your vision and that's where these visions that you're speaking of would occur i mean your actual physical sight was affected yeah yeah
1: yeah i don't i don't remember i don't remember i don't remember breaks in it that's why i wanted to talk to you about that from the outside looking in
0: you would te- you, you told me that your actual vision your your physical vision with your eyes would would be interrupted and then you would have this vision and then your your eyes, your eyesight would come back. Does that sound right to you?
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: All right. But I, I don't, I don't,
1: I don't consciously remember it that I was getting up. I, you know, I know that I fell and got up and sometimes you helped, Sometimes I got up on my own and I'd walk and I'd fall again, mm-hmm. you know, and my memory, it, it all blends together. I don't remember that it, that it, they were segmented instances, but right. that sounds right. I mean, that's the part I want to talk about because there were parts that were vague about it.
0: Understandably. And in both that instance and the instance that you described in our last episode together, uh, where you heard the stomping behind you in both of those instances, it, it, you had a feeling similar to that of having low blood sugar, but then the after effect of having low blood sugar was not there, uh, perhaps leading you to believe, or at least suspect that, uh, there was a phenomenon occurring that, that caused a similar sensation uh, to to having low blood sugar, but that it was, in fact, this phenomenon occurring. And that happened both last summer with the, the stomping on the branches behind you, and it occurred this summer uh, as you and I were hiking the mountain.
1: Right, right. Of all the times that I've had low blood sugar, it's always been the same, except those two instances at the same place. Again, I don't believe in coincidence.
0: Nor do I. Yeah, a lot of strange, subtle stuff happened. It was, it was like, it was just enough. I, I really feel like they were feeling us out for communication. Like it, there was just enough going on to see, like, they wanted to see if we could pick up on their signs and on their communications. Um, So uh, there were, there were the stick communications, there was the voice, there were a number of actual things, but all the while it would sometimes feel like there's nobody there. I wonder if when it, if, when it felt like there was nobody there, if that was when we were getting close.
1: I don't, I don't know. I just, I just always remember it felt like nobody was home, you know, like I said before I could feel their presence. I knew when they were there, I knew when they weren't, uh, and I didn't know if it's because I brought somebody with me, you know, uh maybe that might have been the reason other than that thing that happened to me with the quote unquote vision. Other than, other than that, uh, for me, there was not really anything, you know, I mean, other than the cathedral part, it didn't feel like anything happened for me.
0: We all had our different experiences. Kathy had her own experiences and I had mine and you had yours. I, there, there was another instance, uh, where I found Footprints of a comparable size to the footprint that I found on the fire road, on a rock outcrop cropping above the bell tent, my bell tent where we were where we were sleeping. Uh, it was these impression, these footprints were impressions in the grass, standing side by side, and then there was another one after a four foot stride where it looks like the individual casually took a step and stepped further into the grass, and then further up on that rock outcropping. There was a small human looking piece of feces that uh looked to me like it may have come from a juvenile
1: that was up where the stomping thing happened where I used to have my plants
0: right and yeah my
1: first or second day up up at that camp area was where I got that from up in that area is where I got that really bad smell wafting on the wind and uh there were there were areas from the time that I was up there before where you could tell that things were coming up there and laying in the grass. I don't know if it that night or watching me. Yeah. It's all the same area.
0: So yeah, it was in virtually the, it, it, the same spot. I mean like within feet of, of, you know, the, the yeah. spot where you had that happen. We're, we're in the last few minutes of the show now. Um, I just want to share something that happened to me recently. I already told you about this, but I want to, I want to tell our listeners about it. I was sleeping by myself in my home, in my bed, Uh, A morning, like uh, maybe a week and a half ago, I was awakened by a very firm finger tap on the top of my head. When this happened, I saw in my mind's eye that it was a Sasquatch hand doing this, and I saw myself inside the bell tent that we had been camping in. Immediately thereafter, I had the, the message in my mind that said, we're worried. And that was all that happened. And I opened myself and I asked, you know, what they're worried about. I have not yet received an answer. But, yeah, there was that one experience that happened recently that was associated with that or seems to be associated with that in some way. So I wanted to share yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I remember that. You, uh, you texted me and asked me if I was okay or, and about fires in the area. And I was fine. And there was no fires uh, to my knowledge. If there was, my sister would have contacted me and told me.
0: Exactly. I was wondering if perhaps it was fire that they were worried about. So that's why I asked you. So I just was trying to figure it out, and I'm still trying to figure it out.
1: Well, you know, there was fire in your area.
0: Oh, yeah. I know. I'm very aware of that because it came very, very close to me.
1: Was the finger tap before those fires in your area, during, or after
0: no, well the the fires are still going on in the distance. It's very well under control now. Uh and as of that no, time No, I'm
1: talking about when it happened.
0: I know. I know I'm getting there. As of the time when this happened, the fires had already been well under control and people were no longer in danger, the town was no longer oh, so in it was danger. After. Yeah, it was after. So that's a good question though. Like maybe they were worried about me. Um and I did have well, some I I did have some sense that maybe they were worried about me, but for whatever reason, I don't think it was associated with this fire.
1: Well, you know, and I've always said from the beginning that they have a hive mind. From the first time that happened to me outside Bartlesville, Oklahoma, from that point on, they have made a point to uh, put themselves in my life in some way. You know, when I was when I was a kid, I lived in the Angeline National Forest in East Texas for 11 months off an artesian well, off the you know, and living off the land, literally, you know. So and there's a lot of reports from that area. And I lived in Texarkana where the Boggy Creek incident happened uh, in that area. And, you know, I, I was in down in there deep in the thick of it and there was never anything. You know, you think you think it, it would have been then. You know, but it started happening after that experience in, uh, outside Bottlesville, Oklahoma. and that was out in the country, whatever that, that hairy man walking that close to my tent? I mean, it was two feet from my head, just like the other time with the, the big who the hooting noise it was creeping up as close as two feet away from my head. Cause both times I was in a tent, but, uh, I mean, it could, it could have gone around anywhere else but it was an intentional thing that it had to walk right by my tent and it tripped over the corner of my tent, flipped my bike on top of me. And that was, it all just seems now in hindsight, it's all been intentional. So, you know, it could, it doesn't necessarily mean that it could have been forced people from your area. It could have been from the area that we camped at. It could have been them. Who knows? I mean, it's just that whole hive mind thing. Once you have contact with them, an encounter with them or about them, it just seems like they're always there.
0: Right. And I had, before this happened, I had put myself out there to all Sasquatches who want to communicate. So I was aware of the possibility that this could be coming from anybody. So. Right. Uh, but like I said, I saw my uh, the the image of myself sleeping in the bell tent, which we were in w- yeah. when we were camping at that spot. So, you know, yeah, and, it's and the I,
1: only time you've used that tent,
0: yeah, that's true. Um, plus, you know, they are just feelings that you have about these things. Like there's a knowing without knowing, and you know, you just you just have senses of of things that you know kind of go along with the experience. I mean, sometimes you just know things or feel things sure. that. You know, so I I don't know. It's like
1: that vision with the pictures of the people. I don't know those people, but I could tell that they weren't, they were Mexican nationals. They weren't. And I haven't, I haven't known any Mexican nationals since 2014. Right. You know, and it wouldn't have been anybody like that. So it's just, like you said, it was just one of those things that you know. You know what you know, what you know.
0: Exactly. Well, Kip, we are at the end of the show. Thank you so much for, for, uh, coming on and sharing our experiences. There's more stuff that happened and, you know, like it's, it's something that we're going to, we're going to finish this episode. And then we're going to be like, Oh, I forgot to talk about that. But you know, there were tree snaps. There was all kinds of stuff. I'm trying
1: to, I'm trying to work out a time that we can go camping again.
0: Good. Me too.
1: Well, it's a matter of money and the boss, the girlfriend.
0: Yeah, I I get
1: it. She's the accountant. She's the one that handles all that crap. So I just hand my money over to her.
0: Oh, huh. <laughs> well, if, if you say so. Well,
1: she's an accountant. I mean, numbers is her game, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, I, I know how it goes. So, uh, yeah, I'm down to go camping when when it works for you. Just keep me posted. I've got some places. I, there are some places that are popping off right now that I could suggest. Uh, so we'll talk about that more um, in the future. Right now, uh, I want to just remind our listeners We've talked about a lot of pictures. You can see all images associated with this show, including the ones specifically that we're discussing today, on this show's Instagram feed. Just look for type471podcast on Instagram. And for that matter, uh, I have a new website up, type471.wordpress.com. That's where you can go to access full episodes of this show. Be sure to subscribe so that you are notified by email when new episodes of this show are released. And you can connect with me on social media via the WordPress website. And you can also report your experiences to me via the website. You can click on the Report Your Experiences page and submit to me any paranormal, unknown, strange, unusual, unexplained, poorly understood experience that you've had. So just go to type471.wordpress.com. Kip, thank you. Hey, Sam,
1: I'd like to add something. I'd like to add something for your listeners. Um, Everybody, I know Sam personally. He's a good guy. He's not out to exploit anyone. He's out for answers, you know, interesting things. So uh, subscribing to his channel would be a good thing. Help him out. So I encourage everybody to do that. He's good people.
0: That's all I had to say. Well, thank you so much for saying that, Kip. That that means a lot, and I'm touched that you said that. Thank you. All right, man. Well thanks for being on Type Four. Yeah, you too. Thanks for being on Type four seven one and I'll talk to you soon. Bye everybody. All right. Late.